Living on Earth relies on your generosity to broadcast each week. Please donate now at LOE.org. From the Jennifer and Ted Stanley Studios in Boston, this is Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood. As Washington squares off over the budget impasse known as the fiscal cliff, a compromise may involve the Farm Bill. Both the House and Senate committees on agriculture have proposed measures to slash billions. But a deal to bring the Farm Bill as a rider to a last-minute tax and spend package has drawn sharp criticism from left and right. The Conservative Heritage Foundation calls farm subsidies the nation's largest corporate welfare program. And similar warnings come from Scott Faber of the Progressive Environmental Working Group. The Farm Bill is a trillion-dollar bill that not only provides subsidies to farmers, but also provides conservation payments to farmers who are offering to help the environment. It funds programs that help feed the hungry. It invests in research, renewable energy. It will cost more than the, the Affordable Care Act over 10 years. There's no piece of legislation that has a bigger impact on what we eat and how it's grown. The farm legislation appears to be a bipartisan process uh, this year. There's a proposal from the Senate Committee on Agriculture, uh, one from the House. Let's talk about them. First, what's in the House measure? Well, the House measure is just one of the worst pieces of farm and food legislation in decades. It cuts food stamps dramatically. It cuts funding for environmental programs. And it uses those savings to give the largest, most successful farm businesses a huge raise at a time when uh, farmers are enjoying record income and seeing the value of their land reach levels many of them never could have imagined. Now, at what point is the House bill? Is this something the whole House has considered and, and brought forward, ready to do a deal with the Senate, or does it have some more work to be done? No, the House bill uh, is the, the, the bill produced by the Agriculture Committee has not reached the floor, in part because the leadership of the House was not confident that it could get the votes to pass. It's really incredibly important that a bill produced by this particular committee reaches the floor because the House Agriculture Committee, probably not surprisingly, is dominated by legislators from districts that collect the lion's share of farm subsidies. Uh, And unfortunately, the authors of the bill would very much like to bypass floor debate. It sort of boggles the mind that we would put a bill that would commit the government to spending a trillion dollars into another piece of legislation that's ostensibly designed to write the nation's finances. But that's exactly what some are proposing. What's in the Senate Farm Bill as proposed by, what, Chairman Deborah Stabenow from Michigan? The Senate Farm Bill is much better than the House bill. The bill does not cut food stamps nearly as much as the House. Um, The bill does not increase subsidies as much. But many of the reforms that would would ultimately be included in the final bill would only come from a a full-fledged debate on the floor of the House where members are not as beholden to the largest and most successful farmers. Now, the uh, House bill, under the leadership of Chairman uh, Frank Lucas from Oklahoma, uh, says it would save $35 billion. The Senate measure, I gather, would save $23 billion. Where do these savings come from? Unfortunately, almost half the savings in the House bill come from cutting uh, food stamps or cutting what's now called the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, at a time when hungry families are really struggling. The savings that are predicted are really an illusion because of the way they've designed the new subsidy programs. In particular, what they've done is they've included some price guarantees for the major commodity crops, corn, soybeans, wheat, cotton, rice, and so on, that may not appear to cost much, according to the Congressional Budget Office, 
but could cost the taxpayers tens of billions, even hundreds of billions of dollars over the next 10 years if the price of these major commodities fall even modestly. So there's certainly quite a bit of budget gimmickry associated with those savings. The long-term costs, the real costs to taxpayers of the House bill will be far greater than CBO estimates. The Congressional Budget Office. So I understand uh, that both measures uh, contemplate cutting conservation programs. Both measures cut conservation programs, and which is very disappointing. Just in the last four years, we've seen more than 23 million acres of wetlands and grasslands plowed up to produce corn and other crops. That's that's an area the size of Indiana. What's more, there's new studies that show that about 80,000 miles of rivers and streams are still too polluted to meet the basic goals of the Clean Water Act. And in most cases, agriculture runoff is the primary culprit. So to cut those programs, the only safety net we have for the environment is really disappointing in light of what's going on in the landscape. What's in either version of this farm legislation that would help farmers cope with the extent of drought that we have now in this country? There is already in place, through what's called government-subsidized crop insurance, an incredibly generous program that allows farmers not only to insure against losses in yields, but against losses in business revenue. And so in places like Iowa and Illinois and Indiana, Nebraska, where, where we've seen this terrible drought, the vast majority of farmers, more than 80 percent, some cases more than 90 percent, have purchased government-subsidized insurance. And you know, by and large, farmers who grow major commodities have an incredibly generous system of protection. Now, some would say that the Environmental Working Group, where you're vice president of government affairs, is a progressive or a liberal organization. In your view, what are the conservative objections to these uh, farm bills as proposed? We've worked with many groups from the right, including Heritage Foundation, American Enterprise Institute, Americans for Prosperity, and terrific fiscal leaders who, like the Environmental Working Group, believe there are significantly more savings to be found if we really reform farm subsidy programs, especially in light of the fact that the household income of a, of a real farm, a large commercial farm, is, is well above $200,000 a year. So you know, these are the sorts of people who shouldn't be getting subsidies. These are the sorts of people who should be perhaps the subject of some tax increases. Scott Faber is Vice President of Government Affairs for the Environmental Working Group in Washington. Thank you so much, Scott. Great. Thank you. By the way, dairy and meat farmers get little or no federal subsidies, and drought can make for a tough beef market.